So, so good. So, so good. So good. Come on, somebody say in the middle. In the middle. We talked about in the middle of the night. We talked about in the middle of the storm. We talked about in the middle of the desert. Talked about in the middle of the crowd. This week, we're going to talk about something else. And we're wrapping up our series in the middle of the silence. Has anybody gone through a time in their life where they felt like God was speaking clearly and then all of a sudden it went silent? Where you could understand what he wanted you to do in this situation, but now you had a new situation. You couldn't quite hear what he was saying to do. If you've walked with Jesus for any amount of time, this has happened to you. If you followed his voice for any amount of time, you've struggled in some area like this. For some of you, you heard his call to follow him and you became a believer in Jesus. You, you put your faith in Christ. But since that time, you haven't felt directed. That's not okay, but it is reality. When we are caught in the middle, we are in the middle of a process. And we don't like process. In fact, we like instant. I don't like when I have to wait for something to load. I do not. How many of you do this when you're driving by Tim Hortons in a cold morning? You look at that drive through line and go, nope. Because I'm not willing to get into the process of stopping and starting my car all the way through that line. Process bothers us. We don't like waiting. But there's something about the middle that we have to take hold of. And, and, and our next series is going to be called Bless the Process. Because I, I believe that there's so many times that we've preached from this pulpit great words about the promises of God and sent you home and you drown in the process. Because what you thought was a promise that was going to be instant. We were telling you there was a future and a hope. So now we're preaching about process because there's something holy, set apart, strategic about process in our lives. I remember receiving the call of God in my life to be in the ministry. At that point, I said, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And in doing that, I entered into a process. And if you must know, I believe I'm still in the middle between what God promised and what I will walk in in one day. This is just, you're getting to watch me process. The gestation of life, human life, preferably nine months, no more, maybe a little less, not just a safe amount less. Why? Because it's a discomforting process. And at the same time, it's very comfortable. It's a struggle and a blessing. It's unknown, yet hopeful. Is there anybody in the middle somewhere in their life right now? So what happens when God speaks and then you can't hear him anymore? We're going to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 12. In verse 1, when God calls Abram, the Bible says that the Lord said to Abram. Let's read it together. I'm going to leave out words and you're going to shout them out. 
Ready? The Lord had... How many are thankful that God speaks? Amen. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and to the land that I will that I will show you. He didn't show it to him yet, but he said, I'll let you know when you find it. I will make you into a nation. And I will bless you and make you famous and you will be blessing to others. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families through you, all the families on earth will be blessed. So Abraham or Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Some of your Bibles say said or spoken. And Lot went with them. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There's lots of significance around this. And there he set up camp beside the oak of Morah, of Morah. And at that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. And after that, Abram traveled, Abram traveled south and set up the camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the right, to the east. And there he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord. Then Abraham continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. What do we hear when we listen to this story? We, 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 we hear the promise, the blessing, the big picture stuff. This is going to be a great time. It actually took a while, I believe, and most commentators believe it took a while between when, a, when God first spoke and when Abraham reacted. It was slow obedience. We used to say something in our house, slow obedience is no obedience. <laughs> he said, he, he finally decides to go and God blessed his faith as he stepped out. You know, he, we know he probably shouldn't have taken Lot. You're supposed to leave your family, go all your comforts, take what's yours and move on. I've got a plan for you. But he did. And God blessed him. But I love this phrase that it says, then God appeared to him. He built an altar and he worshiped. And it goes a little farther and he builds another altar and he worshiped. You hear this rhythm? And I love how the New Living Translation brings it out that he moved in stages. Do you know your life is a compilation of stages? Hearing the voice, responding in obedience, building an altar. Hearing the voice, respond in obedience, build an altar of worship. Why do we build an altar of worship? Altars are places of remembrance. Do you remember where you were the first time you heard his name? Jesus. Do you remember the day that you got baptized in water? How many of you, when you see a baptism, you remember your day? It's so important. That's an altar. It's a place of remembrance that God's called you and you stepped out. See, God speaks. We could focus this message on what happens when you're going through a season of silence where you can't hear, where you're not getting any fresh revelation. The bottom line is God speaks. And if he doesn't speak, then this isn't a sermon. But the fact of the matter is, he does speak. He loves 
to speak. We talked about this in one of our messages already, that in Luke 8, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side. So they got in the boat and started out. How many are thankful that he doesn't say, let's just attempt and see if we make it? Why don't we get in here? There's going to be a storm. We're probably all going to die. Let's just go in here and just see if we all drown. God didn't tell Abram, why don't you go over there and see if you all die in the desert? He said, go to a place I've got your inheritance for you. When God speaks, we can trust him. But we have to understand something today. God doesn't speak to be heard. He speaks to be obeyed. Why does God speak? There's so many ways we can talk about this, but I want to just bring some that come to my mind. Some of the things that resonate when I ask myself that question. Why does God speak? He speaks because he loves us. He speaks because speaking created the world and speaking uh, continues to create. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. And the Word was God. Without the Word, nothing was created. Speaks. And the whole world was made. And when he spoke to Abram, he was creating a new world for Abram. When he invited you to follow him, he was speaking, creating a new world for you. He speaks to correct us and to shepherd us. He speaks to teach us his thoughts and his ways because his thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are not like ours. Thoughts and ways. How does God speak? Through scripture, through the Bible. He also speaks through prophetic dreams and visions. But you've got to know your Bible if you're going to trust those. He speaks through godly people. Men and women who preach the word, but also who phone you on a Wednesday to say, how's it going? You're on my heart. He speaks in an audible voice for some. There's been moments where I thought I heard an audible voice of God. I was driving on River Bottom Road, just coming the, toward town, and I was, my brothers were all in the rabbit with me, and we were flying along, and we're going, and I felt the Spirit of God say, pull over, as loud as that. And I pulled over as soon as I heard that, and a flat deck truck came around the lane in our lane. How many are thankful when God speaks? He speaks through the Logos. It would be an immature translation to say Logos is written and Rhema is enlightened, but he also speaks in the Rhema. You have to understand, though, the enemy uses that as well. He wants to twist words. See, he asks questions to make you doubt. Did God really say that? That's his plan. It started in the garden and it continues to this day. But he speaks through the Rhema word. We know that in the beginning was the Logos. We also know that Jesus confronted the enemy's lies with it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema. Have you ever read your Bible and had the word of God pop off the page? Come on, is there anyone in this room that says, thank you, Jesus, that the word still pops off the page? And that was my word for today. We need the rhema word of God, don't we? We need it. We need it. We need it. He speaks to me that way. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, would you look there with me? It says that the scriptures mean what it says. I think that's Isaiah 64, verse 4. You can look at it. It's being referenced in here by the apostle. It says, when it says, no eye has seen, 
no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you have thought that was just about heaven to come? But let's read it in context. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. We don't know what the other side of eternity looks like, but we do know the mind of God for every situation because his spirit teaches us all things. It was revealed to us for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. He desires to speak to you. How do we hear him? When we became Christians, and I want to say something today, we've walked away from the concept of Christian using that language because so many people claim to be Christians, right? And they don't represent Christ. So we say, well, I'm actually a Jesus follower, which actually has its own weaknesses because there's people following Jesus and trying to follow five other gods. I want to be a Christ one. Somebody who, I don't care what anyone else has done, it will be obvious in my life that I am a Christ one. I'm a Christian. I believe the translation was really little Christs. How many want to be Christians here in this place today? Say, I'm okay to be a Christian. I'm okay to be a Christian. And so, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so, when I got saved, when I became alive to Christ, I received a receiver in my spirit. So his spirit could bear witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. This microphone takes my voice. It goes into it. There's a battery powering it in here. And there's a transmitter in here that sends to a receiver on that side of the stage. That receiver sends through a wire into the board. The board sends through a wire back and up to the speakers. And you hear me. See, when I became a follower of Jesus, God's voice could now communicate with my heart. And before that, I couldn't receive the signal. He speaks, we hear him spirit to spirit. He speaks in a familiar voice. Because his spirit in us tells us when it's him. Not my spirit. I don't send good vibes when I pray. People on Facebook, send some good vibes my way. Nah. Those don't work. But I can pray in the name of Jesus that you will sense the power of God in your life. And when I ask for prayer, I don't want you sending good feels or good vibes or a box of chocolates. I want you to pray. Amen. And God knows how to use our prayers to touch heaven on behalf of other people. That's called intercession. Intercessors are not just people who show up on Wednesday morning and spend time crying out to God. Yeah, those are people who function in a prayer, prayer role, but we are all called interceding to pray. But what makes that powerful is the fact that we can hear God's thoughts and minds on things. So when I pray about a situation, Lord, I'm praying for Elsie right now. I'm praying that God will move in her life. And all of a sudden I have strategic things coming to me. Those were not my own ideas. That was God's spirit waking something up inside of me for what she might need. Did you realize there is a multiplied blessing when the church prays? 
In fact, Abram was told, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. The church came under that same promise. The body of Christ comes under the blessings of Abraham. We are in that same thing. We are that. That blessing was put on us. Through the church, all the nations of the world will be blessed. What you have to understand is today, we have this concept, I think, that we'll be blessed and people by default will be blessed by knowing us. No, we're not blessed so that they can just know us. We're blessed so that they can be blessed. God is using us as the garden hose to get the water from heaven to the, or to the people on earth. We are, it's for their sake. God so loved the world that he gave his son. How many think you could actually say this? God so loved the world that he builds a church. So that all the nations could be blessed. We need to hear God on behalf of our nation. Did you know you can be praying and strategically moving things left and right, up and down, crushing lies, raising up truth in your prayers? It works. And I want to encourage you today that when God speaks, we should listen. John 10 says the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And after he has gathered his flock, in verse 4, it says he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. The gatekeeper in verse 3, he calls the sheep by name and he leads them out. Why? They know his voice. There's just something about the voice of God that is different than the voice of any other thing created on earth. The voice of God is different than any other Spiritual thing. Even the closest mimic of demonic lies and twisting of the words. If you are tuned into your shepherd's voice, you will know that's a bad word. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 says, So when the apostles came together, they were asking him, Lord, is this the time when you will free Israel and restore the kingdom? I want to tell you right now. Jesus said, I don't know, and you don't know. And yet we've got people publishing full series of books to say they know. But what he said is this, you might not know when, but you shall receive power. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud and they stood there watching and angelic came and said, why are you standing here? So number one, he doesn't speak to be heard. He speaks to be obeyed. Number two, we may not know the timing of the promise, but he has promised us power while we wait. Somebody say in the middle. Why did God go silent? Here's some questions. Did God stop speaking? I don't think so. Did you become distracted and wander from his still, small voice? Maybe. Did you obey the first word he gave you, and now you're ready for the next word? That's a possibility. Did he stop speaking, or did you stop hearing? Number three... We refuse to confuse the silence with his absence. See, many who go through silent times give up. 
Where is God? Some go through silence, they confuse it with his absence. Many who go through science forget the silence, forget the word that brought them, and they look for a new word. And the teacher is often quiet during the test, except in this generation, I think everyone feels they can rewrite every test and they can ask teachers questions during the test. But when I went to school, it was a different world than where you come from. Yes, it is now. Some of you got that. So in seasons of silence, we have to go back to the last thing Jesus told us and hold on. So when you're in the storm in the middle of the lake and Jesus is asleep in the boat and you think you're all going to die, what was the last thing he said? Let's cross over to the other side. And when you're looking at the signs of the times and everything that's happening around the world and media and all the things choking you with every set of bad information and news and darkness and all of the things that are happening, and it seems like things are so bleak that it must be almost over. We don't get to make that choice. But we will receive power to overcome anything that we face. What was the last thing he said? You'll receive power. What was the last thing he said? Study my word. What was the last thing he said? And I could fill in anything here, and i got to be careful what I say. Because some in this place, you know exactly what's going in your heart right now. When we apply those things to our life. Psalm 121 verse 4 says, Indeed, he who watches over Israel, God never slumbers. He never sleeps. So even if things feel quiet, you have to know he's watching you. He knows what you're going through. So could it be that the reason things get silent in the middle is more an issue of obedience, trust, and faith, and our hearing than his speaking. Some things that will block your ears. Lies. Culture gets really loud. Things that unstop your ears. The word of God. What you meditate on absolutely has everything to do with what you hear. Number four, we respond to his voice and we live. We live when we respond to his voice. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. And if your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me, how many of you remember the day you said yes to Jesus' voice while he knocked at your door of your heart and said, I want to come in? And maybe you're here today and you say, I don't know if I've done that. I want to encourage you today that he is knocking at the door of your heart. And if you, by faith, will say yes and let him come in, he will come and make you alive and you will receive a receiver. 
and your spirit will be made alive. And you will no longer have to live your life based on what you hear in the culture. But from this day on, you will live your life based on hearing the voice of your God. And we can say, where you go, I'll go. <laughs> the initiating love of God. This is what makes every religion different from Christianity is that our God initiated a relationship with unworthy, unfit sinners. We didn't climb the right mountain or punch the right punch card or witness it to enough people or abstain from the right foods. We had done it all wrong. We were continuing to do it wrong, and he came. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. First John, John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh. If you can't hear me, world, then you can at least see me for a minute. Jesus, born to Mary, the virgin girl, in Bethlehem. I'm getting excited for Christmas. Lived a sinless life. Tested in every way we were. Somebody goes, well, that's God. Of course he didn't sin. No, he did it. He came under that same pressure we have to obey the Father. Fully God, fully man, but died in the place of sinful men. But didn't stay dead. Three days later he rose, and I don't believe that because the Bible says it. I believe it because I witness after I witness after I witness witnessed him alive and we are a continuation of that testimony of eyewitnesses who saw him rise from the dead they wouldn't change their story they just kept dying for that same story you'd think if it was like well this this traveling ministry is over now jesus died let's just get on with the next thing none of them would give it up and so today if you can hear him speaking let him in because he wants to cause resurrection life to come into you the same way it came into his body. Pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner who needs help, but you died and paid for all the sins. And I access salvation through belief. So today I put my faith and trust in you and I stop listening to my own selfish desires and I say now I'm going to listen to your voice be my shepherd be my God from this day forward in Jesus name amen if you pray that prayer your next step is water baptism but we have a bible for you at the at the info uh, desk today and we want to bless you there listen everyone's going to be going through the middle but it's okay because between the pain and the promise is a process. And if we will bless the process, 
we will get to know Jesus better and better and better. And the things that kept us down in 1992 will be a laugh to us in 2032. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon your bank account this week. Help your pets. Get your kids to listen to you. May he give you his peace. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said. Go find your kids. And if you want to receive prayer this morning, we have prayer chairs right here. Just come sit over here at prayer team. I'll pray with you. Otherwise, God bless you. See you on Friday night. Come on, everybody say Friday night. Sign up for the lunch today. We want to know if you're coming. Wednesday night, first Wednesday worship in here. We're going to be praying for the weekend, spending some time worshiping and praying in here.